Hi friend, I'm Tanya Gill. Welcome to Lighten Up and Unstuck Your What the Fuck. Together, we explore the ways through life's stickiest moments and how to live with more peace, joy, love, and gratitude. We're going to talk honestly about what isn't easy so you can discover the light within you that will carry you forward. My friend, this podcast is about you in real life, your body, mind, and soul, and the opportunity to not only live your best, but shine doing it. So my friends, welcome to Lighten Up and Unstuck Your What the Fuck. I'm so excited because I have Tina here. And who is Tina? Tina's like my bestie. Um, we all have besties in our lives. And I think that um, that we're, I'm really lucky that I found you as early in my life as I did. Um, you were a baby. I was a baby. <laughs> I was 18. Yes. That made you 21, 22. Yep. And when we met, I was intimidated by you and I didn't think I could hug you. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the first conversations. You remember that? Yep. I do. I was like, yeah, I don't think I can hug you. And in my dorm room. Oh my God. And now, (laughs) oh, I love you. I love you. Um, but I'm really glad that you're here, Tina, because um, you and I have a lot of really important and deep conversations. We share each other's heart in a really special way. We do. And our friendship has been through a lot. It has. Ups and downs. And we've even been through separations. We have. And reconnections. We have. We call it our temporary estrangement. No, what is it we call it? the break the break we call it the break the break the break break. yeah um but we always come together and we always love and support one another and it's true and I'm grateful for it me too we often have really cool conversations and I often find myself thinking holy crap like the world needs to be a part of these conversations so last night we were talking about generations yes and we were talking about generations from the perspective of where we are in our lives, where our parents are in their lives and where our kids are in their lives and how time and technology and awareness and just basically cultural evolution has changed how different generations are operating and how we are stepping into being a part of our own lives. Absolutely. It's so wild. Um, when we think about the generation before us, what, you know, what comes up for you when you think about that, the generation before us? I think about how, um, our parents, specifically our mothers, um, did not have the same opportunities or options as we do, or we did when we were, uh, coming into our, our early adulthood, um, that we had choice, that we could choose when we married, that we could choose when we became parents. Um, There was still an expectation, I think, of our generation that uh, for the most part, 
that as a young woman, you got married, you had kids, like there was still that expectation on our generation, um, which is not the case for our children, which is awesome. Um, but for our parents, not only did they have that expectation, but then they didn't have options necessarily as far as um, when they had children, how many children they had. Um, yeah, just it, just a, a big difference in what our choices were. And, you know, I again, these conversations, it's so funny. Like people say, like, what's your relationship like with your mom right now? And I'm like, I love her. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, you know, I haven't talked to her since March. Mm-hmm. And I come from a place of honoring where she is and Absolutely. having empathy for what she in her generation and in her life experiences has been through. Um, and that's only the things that I know about, because I know there's probably plenty that I don't know about. Absolutely. It doesn't change my love for her, but I also recognize that I can't be present physically with her. So I just hold her in my heart right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we also have to, and that it, it's impossible for me to go to that place of being angry with her in, a, in deeply, because again, what she and her generation went through is so not what me and my generation did. Absolutely. Even my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law, uh, by the time she was 21, had two sets of twins. She had four babies in diapers. <sighs> Talk about a lottery, two sets of twins. I don't know. Like... Yes, two sets of twins. And she was, her mother passed when she was uh, a, a young child. And she was the oldest of her siblings, including a set of twins, who she essentially mothered. And then became a mother her, herself at 19 to an unexpected set of twins. And then another set of twins two years later. Also um, unexpected. No, no. Second set were expected. Um, oh, she knew she was yes, pregnant with the second set. Know, yes. That must have been horrifying. But what, like, it it astounds me what uh, my mother-in-law was capable of at 21 in terms of, like, all of that responsibility. And then I look back to a generation before her and uh, my my father-in-law's mother, uh we call Kokum. Um, my, uh, she is Métis, uh, married uh, a status man. And um, they lived in a tent when my father-in-law was born in a Saskatchewan winter. What they were made of, like just the different, the differences from generation to generation um, is amazing. And in, in many ways, our children have it so much easier than the generations before, but then they also have it much, it's much, much more complicated now um, with technology and relationships and, um, you know, even getting to know someone, you know, everything about that person, even before you meet them, because you check out all their socials, right? You can fucking Google anything. Yeah. Or, or and anybody distance relationships, yeah. right? Um, it's just different than what our understanding, even our generation, which has seen the evolution of this technology, 
um, and you've participated in it uh, to to truly understand. Well, like it's and you know it's funny when you say that. I was I was laughing. I was thinking when you were thinking about like long distance relationships. When John and I got married, you know, you were yeah. invited to the wedding, but you were busy planting trees, so you couldn't come. Um, but I was twenty. And when, and part of the reason was he was going away to UVic to go to law school. And I didn't want a long distance relationship because at that point, a long distance relationship meant occasional phone calls because mm-hmm. calling was very expensive stuff. Absolutely. And it meant letters yep. and it meant maybe seeing one another a couple of times a year if we could afford it. If you were lucky. Right. So we made the decision to marry so that I could go out there and go to school and all the things at whatever 20 at 20 is when we look at our own children is astounding <laughs> like right? the thought of it and so yeah. your kids are 23 and 21. 21 yeah and my kids are 23 23 19 and 15 and like many people in their generation they have experienced long distance relationships by mm-hmm. way of phone, text, online dating, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've just experienced life so differently from how we have. Yeah. Very, very different. Very different. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, I think the social expectations are so different for them too. Like in our world, the social expectations a lot were, you know, when we were young, going out to the bar, partying, mm-hmm. hanging out, watching movies, da, da, da. And now a lot of those social expectations just live in the online world. Yeah. And I mean, you throw a pandemic in the midst of it and it kind of just explodes any, uh, any social outlet. Um, definitely for my, for my kids, it's, it's definitely impacted. Um, so yeah, I mean, their experience in their early twenties, very different from my experience in my early 20s um my experience in my early 20s was very much you know a late 80s early 90s at the bar doing the thing having the the fun absolutely yeah and it's not saying that our generation like that that our kiddos don't have those experiences and that the kids it's just different it's just different yeah it's very different from our our expectation and we also I mean, as much as media in the 80s and 90s kind of impacted our expectation of of what we should have at different points in our lives, I think it's very, very different now. It's very ramped up that the expectation is the moment that you start to adult, then all of these things should be in place whereas when we were in our 20s like last night we were talking about um the fact that when um so john was a pianist john loved to play piano he did and he played piano at the hospital here for for guests and yeah um why am i getting emotional about that (laughs) because you love him and you love me Tanya and John had gone, you guys had gone to um, a local shop. Music store. Music store. And John had uh, found this piano that he absolutely loved. 
It wasn't a new piano. It's almost a hundred years old. Yep. Um, but he loved the tone. He loved the quality of it. He loved the um, touch. Yes. But it was, you guys were young, broke, broke, young, dumb and broke, not dumb, just young, young and broke, just trying yeah. to, you know, yeah. figure your shit out. You're right. Like, that was the reality. Um, but you were determined that you were going to get that for John and you were teaching at the time where you, te- you were teaching, right. And you took on students tutoring, tutoring, unbeknownst to John it was a whole thing um getting this around John so that he wasn't aware (laughs) which honest to god uh the yeah the tricks and hijinks yeah um but then I pulled it off and the day that the piano was delivered and I, I just remember you describing John's reaction when he saw that and just the amount of planning and energy and work that went and the love that went into that. And that's not to say that that our children's generation won't experience that. It's just different, right? It's different, t- maybe different time. Um, but what's interesting is like when you talk about it, it's funny when you talk about it, it's I'm being flooded with those memories. And I know the date. Mm-hmm. It was November 13th. Oh, 2002. Because it was 10 years from our very first date. Uh, and um, and yeah, like that sense of pride and accomplishment to pull off the surprise mm-hmm. and to know that like this was such a deep indulgence mm-hmm. that was so purely for him. And I had like busted my ass to make it happen. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and I think our kids also bust their asses to make things happen when they're, you know, they want a car or they're doing those things. Absolutely. It's, but it is different. It is different. And I think that our gen- generation, because we've had privilege in a mm-hmm. lot of ways and like our parents, we just want, our parents wanted more for us mm-hmm. and we want more for them. Mm-hmm. And in that process, I think we can really see how different generations are navigating the world so differently. Mm-hmm. And as parents, we have such an incredible responsibility to be there for them as they're navigating the world in their ways. Yes. And also, which I think is can be really difficult, is stepping back and letting them experience all of it without wanting to shelter or bubble wrap. That's that, that definitely is something that, that I struggle with because you want like just the, the mama bear just comes out and you just want to protect. But you know, the reality is that that just isn't, that's not healthy for them. It's not healthy for us. And it's, it's interesting because, um, I think that as parents, like when our kids were little, we had a true appreciation of what our own parents went through when they were little. I had two, my mom had four. Um, So I think of, oh my God, you know, her mom had eight. My dad's mom had 10, 11, right? So the thought like, oh, like how how would you do it with, you know, four or 10? Um, Like it just... 
it's it is an appreciation in the moment that you know oh man what what must my mom have felt in that moment and to go through it four separate times you know absolutely and and keeping in mind that for many of us our grandmothers and our mothers had fewer resources absolutely right and and that's the other thing like resource wise i always marvel that like anything i really need to know can be at my fingertips in 10 seconds oh absolutely and yet when john died smartphones didn't exist and texting was barely something it was something the kids did right so time is moving so quickly and now you know our kids have more resources they have more information they also have more input they have Mm -hmm. they have lots of ways that information is supposed to be about the world but unfortunately can become about themselves it's constantly inundating them with social media and like and I come back to social media because, because TikTok and mm-hmm. Instagram and Facebook and Twitter are so, and Snapchat, they're so prevalent in the lives of our kids that it's a way that they connect that I know I can't relate to. Mm-hmm. And I'm certain like our parents can't relate to. Mm-hmm. Um so it just changes the it changes the way that we navigate the world. Absolutely, it does. Absolutely, it does, without question. You know, and then it comes back to us as parents, and it's like, and we were talking about it's like, remember when we were little, and we were like, oh, I can't wait. You know, this mm-hmm. is this is so hard. Um, the realization I've come to is that if you're if you're serious about parenting and you care about parenting, it's always going to be hard to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's hard conversations, no matter whether they're, you know, two years old, 10 years old, 20, 30. It's like that, that is, and parenting does not end at 18. Like that's, that is reality. Um, I still rely on my parents. I'm 53. (laughs) Right. So, you know, um, yeah, the relationships evolve and change, but it doesn't mean that you don't have a reliance on them for different aspects and pieces of your life. Of course, definitely, absolutely, right? and that's what we want with our kids too. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to have a beautiful relationship with my kids moving forward into their adulthood, um, and also someday maybe be a grandparent, and that's a that's a piece that's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Because because there was no question that our great grandmothers would be grandparents. No. Right. And, and I remember a time when John and I had a conversation about whether or not we wanted children. Cause we, cho- although I got married at 20, we chose not to have kids for another almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, because we had the privilege of choice. Yeah. Grant and I as well right? married at 25, but we chose not to have children for well, I was 29 when Kasha was born. Right. So, so, yeah. So you waited. Um, and those weren't options necessarily that all the women had in our mother's generation. That's for sure. No. Birth control came out in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Those pieces. 
And yet now our kids and the generation that is coming into being into adulthood now really do have a lot of options. Mm -hmm. And, and I know in some families and cultures and whatever, there may still be an expectation that someone's going to have children, but that generation now has never been faced with so much more beautiful choice. And, and I know that your children in Canada, in Canada, (laughs) In our world, yes. right? Because that's the other thing is we've raised our children to know that they have a choice and mm-hmm. that there is not an expectation that they will have children. I would love grandchildren, mm-hmm. but more than anything, I want them to live their life and yes. be happy and Absolutely. experience that joy from growing as their human being. Absolutely. And so, and I think that's what it ultimately boils down to is as a parent um, for myself, I just want my children to be happy. However that manifests, that's not up to me. That's not my, I'm not, that's not my life to live. I just want my children to be happy in whatever, whatever life they choose. And that's okay with me. What does happiness mean to you when it comes to your kids? Is feeling fulfilled, having a sense of purpose, whatever that is, right? Um, my purpose has definitely shifted over the years purely for good, like out of, uh, necessity, things out of my control. So things have shifted. So my purpose has shifted. Um, but I still, I've still managed to create a life that I find purpose in even if it's not in the field that I have chosen, like in the, the um, career that I have chosen. Can we briefly go there? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, when you talk about the way your life has unfolded, mm-hmm. um, amazingly enough, there was a hot tub conversation we had a few years ago, yes. many years ago, I guess now, where out of the blue, you said, so I'm thinking about, and I was like, so I'm thinking about, and we both had determined more or less at the same time that we wanted to pursue social work degrees. Yes. So how amazing that we got to go to school together, best friends. Um, for the second time. For the second time, because we met in university the first yes. time. And um, keep in mind, at this point, I was in my early 40s. Yeah. You were in your late 30s. 30s. So. Exactly. So totally different. We were raising kids and you were married. I was you know, single parenting, but we made it, but we did it. Mm-hmm. We did it. We went to school together. We supported one another. We hid out and studied in the trailer in your driveway <laughs> together. And it was fucking awesome. And then we started working in social work together mm-hmm. and we were working in child protection and, um, you have Crohn's uh, and colitis. Yeah. I have Crohn's and, uh, some bad significant back issues that, uh, sidelined me at the same time <laughs> sidelined is a bit of an understatement um so if and this is the other thing I was thinking is oh this is on video so when people watch it they'll be like can Tina turn her head more than that and I'm like mm, not really <laughs> <laughs> but um I'm depending just, on the day it depends yeah. on the day right totally depends on the day but when you talk about like redirecting your purpose there are some people who would be like oh my god my world is over because I can't. And instead you're like, it means I can on the days I can. Mm-hmm. 
And it means I show up as my best self on every day, but some days it's just not as much as, as it could be other days, depending on where you are from a health perspective. There is, there, there really is nothing like a chronic illness to, to kind of stop you. Um, because prior to, because I was in my, my early thirties when I had my, uh, initially colitis diagnosis, um, and then had to have surgeries. Uh, my children were five and three at the time, as you know, um, I was pretty type A prior to that, but then a chronic illness is like, nope, there are days that you just can't do what you have set out for. And so over the years, I have uh, been able to, I don't uh, be okay to a degree. It's not that you don't get frustrated. Um, There definitely is frustrations involved. I think when with the, the initial diagnosis, probably the hardest part was the impact on my kids. And I remember uh, saying probably to you that I, that I had never thought of myself as being a sick mom, but that was tough. And just those restrictions and how it impacted my kids. But the reality is that um, we all have, we all face limitations as Humans. Yeah, as humans. And as we uh, raise our families or raise ourselves. um, And we just have to, we have to figure out how to manage and cope and build a life around whatever those limitations are. And that can be really, really difficult. um, But infinitely doable. It's just a shift. And you just, you find purpose in other things in healthy things hopefully <laughs> right it, but it is it's you know it's yeah. it's the choice so sorry I'm gonna sneak off and just have a sip you do the sip it's all good um you know <laughs> it's, you know this is true coffee coffee time or a true uh couch time oh my god Tanya and Tina <laughs> so you know when I think of coach time with you whoo my turn um <laughs> You know, like it means so much to me to have you here because I'm sh- I'm not just sharing anybody with the world. I'm sharing my Tina, and we have been through so fucking much. You know, and like we've had a lot of couch time over the years, and sometimes it was like literally m- me with Isaac attached to a boob and a jug <laughs> around my neck trying to feed him. Yeah. But other times it was you showing up with Tim Hortons and a bagel and literally me sitting on the couch crying, trying to figure out how I was going to get through the day. Mm-hmm. And you were here for me day in and day out through a lot of really, really challenging times. But the interesting part is the reason why I was able to be here was because of my health issue and because I couldn't work. So life works out right you don't know why but it does so it's a good point (laughs) we've always we've always had the synchronicities so that we've been able to be able to support one another as needed and that is so thank god like the universe has us covered there yeah right that is true the universe has (laughs) us covered there and you know like 
I think we also come to a realization that when we find our people, Mm -hmm. those friendships are worth fighting. Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about the break Mm -hmm. um, and we don't have to get into all of it, but there was a significant window of time where we didn't have a friendship because my entire pregnancy, your entire pregnancy with your second child, your son. Yep. And we (laughs) ran into each other in the paint store. store. I heard her voice and went, oh, shit. (laughs) Can I get out of here? No. And it was no. And then it was like, oh, shit. And yes. And then then it was a phone call. And then that night, I literally like ran myself a bathtub and then I was like okay I'm, I can do this and so did I. Call you. <laughs> we sat in the tub naked uh-huh. with one another on the phone <laughs> and a separate bathtub separate bathtub obviously yeah <laughs> and then we just talked and cried and cried and talked yeah um and that's because it's worth fighting for mm-hmm. right yeah. doesn't mean we always see eye to eye no um but it's always worth fighting for and 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 what I love is that we do have these conversations about generations. We do look at our mothers with admiration and wonder and so much compassion. Mm-hmm. And then we look at our own lives and we marvel at each other. And, and we also really honor what where we are, mm-hmm. right? Like that's a big piece that that is an ongoing process. Maggie wants to be a part of this conversation. And, and then our kids and like, God, we love our kids so much and, and we wonder what is to come we just want the best for them yeah absolutely absolutely and more than and there are just remarkable remarkable things that are happening with this generation like the acceptance that we see in our children um of others is of diversity and of change what if there was one thing that I could say that I would hope for everyone in the world to have, but also for our own children to find, it is to be able to find a friendship like we have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, it is not, I, I, I had no idea. I've always treasured you, mm-hmm. but, but when I see the friendship that we have and I, and I observe some of the friendships that other people have, I realize that it is just such a rare gift. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it is a friendship that has confounded people over the years. Um, truly confounded people. Um, we joke about the fact that we are two bodies, one brain. We often have the same thoughts, but you are much, much more outgoing and, um, not that I'm, I'm, but just you, f- you feed off of other people, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not generally like I, I like my, my group, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. I'm not, uh, the one that goes into a social setting. Who's like, Hey, yeah, woo-hoo. you know, I flip, you are, I right? flip, yep. I flip. I love to flip. Yep. I'm perfectly happy, you know, being, in the background doing the things Around. that need to yeah doing the things that need to be done yeah, doing the things that need to be done um and that's that's okay right but it has very much confused people over the years until they get to know us and then they get it yeah yeah 
It but, also alarms them when we finish each other's sentence. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And it's interesting because um, it is a relationship that my husband um, of 27 years um, has understood kind of from the get-go and that he understands that there are times that, that there are conversations that I can only have with you. And I think that's important, right? Um, because we need to, sometimes we need to process stuff outside of our, our partnerships mm -hmm. or outside of our family. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a good thing and it's a healthy thing. And um, it's been a very important thing for us over the years. And I think that what you're saying is that that's something that we um, wish for our children. Because it is, it is a very, uh, it's a very special, a very special thing to have. And God knows when we first met, we would never have thought, I mean, I thought you were funny as hell um, and bold right? Like one of the first things we met in, well, we realized we actually initially met in a women's sexuality class in uni. Um, but we actually didn't speak to each other until we had a children's theater class. There's a combination. Yeah. Uh, women's sexuality and children's, children's theater. theater. Um, and that's when we got to know each other. And uh, yeah, one of the first things out of your mouth was I couldn't, I couldn't hug you. You scared the shit out of me. And I'm like, I'm just, just being me. Like what that, like, I don't think I'm five foot tall. What the hell am I scared? And like, I know. but, well, and I think that's the other thing is like when people see us, mm -hmm. I'm five, nine, you're five feet. You have like a lovely olive complexion. I'm white as a ghost. You have like dark eyes, darker hair. I don't. Yeah, we have been asked before if, if we were siblings. siblings. Yeah, I know. And it's like, mm, mm, thank you. Mm, yeah. What? <laughs> um, but I think it's because because the energy that we put off is that we have such a cool connection that maybe they think we must be sisters yeah. to have that. So, and we are. We're soul sisters. Mm -hmm. We are soul sisters. So, but that's a, you know, I in in my world of and you you know full well that you are a high council member mm -hmm. right and my best friend and as a high council member which is my collection of people that i know are the way i describe you guys is i know if i got a phone call at three o'clock in the morning and you said i need ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars or even more and i need you i would be there mm -hmm. no questions asked and then if you said, I need to dig a hole, I'd be like, is this a good idea? <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's one of those unconditional, I am there for you, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. And unconditional, I know you are there for me, period. Mm -hmm. And God knows that that has mean, meant for us three o'clock in the morning phone calls. It Absolutely. has happened. Yep. Thank God it's rare, but it has happened. Absolutely. And that's okay. It is. It's a good thing. <laughs> because we survived um as we're closing this podcast i'm just really grateful to be able to share you with the world and i hope that when they watch this and hear this that they can see 
how beautiful it is to be able to find a gorgeous friendship and also to be able to recognize where we are as moms and daughters and the privilege that we have in our lives, the privilege that our kids have in their lives and just awareness around what that means for us. Mm -hmm. You know, what I love, there are so many things I love about you. One of the things I love so deeply about you is that we have these conversations because we love these people in our lives Mm -hmm. and because we really value the awareness and the best way to step forward and be the best for ourselves and those we love. Well, and one of the things that we, that we um, provide for each other is sometimes perspective when we can lose perspective. Um, so reminders about, you know, uh, I got the perfect important. example. I got the perfect okay. example. So when John died, mm-hmm. I called you. Actually, there's two different times so the first was actually when alexander after isaac was born Mm -hmm. and i called you bawling and i was like i just want to make muffins yeah do you remember that i was losing my mind because i was like i can't do this yeah i can't have a baby and have a three and a half year old and make muffins and i was just happy that you were no longer demon possessed tanya was (laughs) demon possessed through her pregnancy with isaac and it was literally the birth was like an exorcism. You call you call Isaac's birth the exorcism. Yeah, it was. It, I, it was absolutely. So just so we're clear for those of you who <laughs> might wonder if I was actually demon possessed. <laughs> we also have a term called tight face. Yes. Tight face is when you have your period or unperiod or whatever. And like literally your face feels like it's tight, like your skin is tight on your face because you're so fucking bitchy. Yes. And it was like tight face for the entire pregnancy for yeah from the moment I got pregnant until the time he like literally pushed that giant head of my body and I walked into the room after and it was like you were like you're back (laughs) yeah Yeah. it was it was it was amazing yeah so that was why John didn't want any more children. Yeah. And, um, and the size of Isaac's head is why you didn't. And the size of Isaac's head is why I didn't. But like literally, I those moments of me, like the perspective was completely gone. Mm-hmm. It was completely gone. Yeah. Right. And then the other one, interestingly enough, so I was cooking muffins. And the other one, interestingly enough, was also related to food. Because I guess for me, food is security. And for a lot of us, food is security. Um, but it also somehow defines us. And I was terrified that my kids were going to live, we're going to grow up living on hot dog and KD (laughs) because I, I wouldn't be able to cook a regular meal anymore because I didn't think I had it in me. Yeah. And like, I called bawling and I'm like, my kids are going to grow up on a hot dog and KD. (laughs) I know you're laughing. You're laughing because you're like, yeah, well, at least they're going to be fucking fed. Yeah. Right. But you again I needed that perspective I needed someone that I could actually say something that simple to mm-hmm. and as ludicrous as it sounds you just arrived for me and you were like you know what and if they do it might change over time throw some carrots in there at least they're getting a vegetable slice yeah. up some apple you know I'm bringing but in those moments it feels like nothing will change like when we are in those moments and whether it is, you know, 
in your 20s, in your 30s, in your 40s, in your 50s. Um, Basically till your last breath. Yeah, yeah. It feels like in those tough moments that it will always be tough. But what my 53 years has taught me um, and my chronic illness perspective has taught me is that those moments um, are temporary. As, as hard as it is to see in those moments, they are temporary. Um, and that even if it, it, if it's just a shift, it's a shift, right? So, you know, um, there's a time that Alexander didn't want anything green, right? It's like, it's not that different. Yeah. Still, but yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that shifts mm-hmm. as you get older, mm-hmm. right? As he get got older. Yeah, we, like it just and we have so many different examples of how those shifts are happening and we kind of have to trust them and that's partly why this podcast is called lighten up and unstuck your what the fuck is because we have what the fuck moments mm-hmm. and i'll be honest you've been a light in my life you've helped me unstuck so many of my what the fucks mm-hmm. through life and, and you have for me we, and we've also learned so many lessons like that wtf also means what's this for mm-hmm. right we've learned so much in the past I'm grateful that you have been trying not to crack it. Now you have a Kleenex. <laughs> what I do with it. I'm grateful you are in my life. And I'm grateful to be able to share you with our world. Because we are now in 14 countries across the world. Holy so shit. listeners, thank you for following us and thank listening. You. And um, Tina, do you have any like final piece of advice to anybody out there who's listening? Like, what would you, if you were like, this is what I want the world to know. God, there's just not to put you on the spot or anything. Um, that these, these tough spots that we find ourselves in are temporary. A lot of us have struggled through the last three years. It has been a true mind fuck for a lot of people, but it is temporary you know we've seen a lot of ugly discourse a lot of division and it can be really difficult to find your way back from that but that it is possible we know that yeah right it's intention and choice yeah every fucking day absolutely intention and and you know what there are some days that that intention's not there and that's okay you have to be kind to yourself before you can be kind to others and before you are ready to make the shift and that's okay thank you my friend oh my god you are such a gift (laughs) to the world you are such a gift to me and i'm so happy i get to share you i'm so happy i get to share you i love you so much i love you thank you oh i love you thanks for joining me today my friend If you're struggling through your own what the F moments and are ready for a more heart-centered and loving way forward, it is within you. It's time for a self-love adventure. Head on over to perfectlyimperfect.wtf for everything you need, including an amazing community, the collective. Beautiful humans on the same self-love adventure. If what you heard today spoke to you, please leave some love with a review. 
And don't forget to share this with a friend or 10. I hope to see you on the inside. <laughs>